Thanks for taking the time to visit with us in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And our special guest today comes from a football family, sure. Chris Sims, son of Phil. Phil, great NFL quarterback with the New York Giants, great broadcaster. Chris played football at a very high level at University of Texas, as well as in the National Football League with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and others. And he is a quarterback savant in terms of breaking down tape, evaluating quarterbacks, their strengths, their weaknesses, their assets, their liabilities. And he loves Joe Burrow. And we're going to find out why. And we're going to find out what he thinks about the Cincinnati Bengals football team in its entirety and what he thinks their chances are be where everybody hopes they're going to be at the end of the season. Chris Sims knows his football. You're going to like it. Thanks for joining us in the trenches once again with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And they provide this outstanding studio for us on an every episode basis. And we have a very, very special episode today because we have a very special guest. Chris Sims knows more about quarterback play than anybody. Knows more about every quarterback that plays the position at any level than anybody because this guy does his homework. And he played the position like his dad, Phil, at a very, very high level himself. So welcome, first of all, sir. and appreciate you carving time for us. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I do. It's uh, it's always good to be on with you, sir. Uh, you know, you're you're a good dude. You always give me great intros. You 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 boast me up and make me feel better as a football player. That's good. I don't know if I was that great in that department, but I do do my homework. Uh, I do love watching the Bengals on film. I love Joe Burrow, and uh, yeah, I can speak intelligently about some quarterback play too. So we can have some good conversations today. No question about it. Let me ask you. You have been watching quite a bit of tape. First of all, you you came and interviewed Joe Burrow uh, in the offseason. One of the very few guys that have been able to do that, have a one-on-one uh, with, with Joe Burrow. And um, were you surprised about anything that you found out about Joe Burrow when you had that, that one-on-one FaceTime with him? Um, I, I think just, uh, you know, I don't know if I was surprised. I had an inkling as far as who he was or how he was and how he acted. But I think to experience it firsthand, not that it was surprising, but just, you know, eye-opening or whatever, however you want to describe it, just the, uh, the, the phrase I used, Dave, and I don't know if I ever said this to you or not, but just the a, a, a cocky humbleness about him that is, it's very interesting to watch, you know, in person. You know, yeah, he's got an aura and he holds himself. You know, like, hey, I'm the man, but not so much to where you're like, oh, you cocky bastard. I can't believe you're like this. It's just the right way of like, wait, no, no. He's holding himself up because he he's the man. He thinks he's the man and he wants to be the leader of the football team and he believes in himself. And that's the right way to be that cocky way. But then just how easy he is to talk to and not just me. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm the guy there to do the you know, interview and got a camera. It's all the other people. It's the grounds yeah. crew. It's, you know, the ball boys. You could tell that the whole organization loves him, let alone, 
And I'm sitting there. Mike Brown walks by at one moment. And it's like, oh, stop. And he makes sure he goes over and talks to Joe Burrow. And they have a conversation. So it was clear to me that he was the man. He is the most important thing in the organization. Uh, but also his love for the sport and his detail and continued drive to work at it, I, I think are all just what make him phenomenal. And, and Dave, I'll say this too, right off the bat, because I wrote it in my notes after I watched the film of the game this morning. Like, I've been saying Mahomes and Allen are a little bit on a different level. And then comes mm -hmm. Joe Burrow and Herbert and that crew of guys. Right. You know, right. I think I've hit the point here over the last four weeks where I'd go, no, it's Burrow's hit the level of Mahomes and Josh Allen. He, he deserves to be in the, like, the rarefied, I think, cream of the crop conversation there with those guys. I think it's official after watching last week. Yeah, I, that's that's very interesting that you you say it that way, and uh, you know it's Joe Burrow to me has has kind of the quiet confidence. You know, it's like he's definitely sure of himself, but he doesn't blow trumpets all the time about it and all right. that sort of thing. You know, he lets his play speak for itself, and and the way he holds conducts himself and in, in uh, his presence and all that sort of thing. Um, but it, it, it's interesting you, that bracket you're talking about about the two guys that have the cannon. You know, I mean. I call it arm arrogance because they think they can throw it through a wall and they're going to put it in a spot where, eh, should you do that? And Joe doesn't. Joe has a plenty strong enough arm, but Joe's like, all right, well, you're going to play two high safeties. I'm not, I'm not going to try to force it down the football field on a go. You know, I'm going to go 15 out of 16 between the split safeties. I'm going to, I'm going to carve you up. I'm going to take the short intermediate stuff. And that's exactly what he did against Kansas City. He went 15 for 16 against those split safeties. You know, when Spag said, you know, I'm not blitzing, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play coverage and that uh, he has a very, very high football IQ, doesn't he, Chris? Yes. No, it's, it's, it's top notch. You know, that that's where it's special. You know, last week, even just watching the film against the Tennessee Titans, that was an eye-opening experience. They run every coverage underneath the sun and they do all these creative game plan specific things. And he's just never fooled. And I think he's the greatest manipulator of zone coverage in football right now. And that's where it's just gone next level. I mean, hey, to your point, his arm is not Allen or Mahomes, but it's still a really damn good arm. He can make every throw in the field and certainly can make some of those throws where you go, whoa, how did he get it yep. in there? But he yep. does it a little bit more, yeah, with his mind, his precision, you know, a little bit more or maybe anticipation than those other guys and just putting it exactly in the right spot. But I do think it's officially hit the, the category of like cheat code. You can't think like Kansas city in this game, you, you do whatever you want, all these disguises, blah, 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 man. We end up in cover two or we end up playing man to man. And my point being is, you know, uh, I, yeah, you could take away big plays, but you're right. He's going to be patient and pick you apart. He's not going to force the issue. And then what I love, too, is, oh, now you play man-to-man? -man? Well, he, he looks to strike then. That's when I think he's unbelievable. Man-to-man, -man, he is going to Higgins or Chase. He's going to hit a big play down the field, a go route, a back shoulder, an out route, a slant route on the run. And, you know, he'll just abuse that to death as well. So to me, where he's got, and then his movement's underrated. His ability to move in the pocket, the quarterback design runs, the quarterback draw for a touchdown. That was a great wrinkle, you know, to start the football game there. So 
there's nothing he can't do. And, and where I get into that Allen Mahomes thing is because Allen and Mahomes went through this phase of everybody kind of just said, hey, if we just take away the big play, you can slow them down and they won't be patient. Well, they hit a point last year where that kind of stopped for the most part. I know Mahomes hit a few snags in the AFC Championship game, but he's grown. he grew as well to where I've been saying all the first 10 weeks of the year, you can't play that way anymore against Mahomes Allen because they've become patient and will take underneath, right? And that's where I feel like now it's like, no, you got to do more than that when you play Joe Burrow. You're going to have to be tactically aggressive, tactically take a chance every now and then. And like Cincinnati did to Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to show more of a variety of coverages. It can't be just great disguises and we end up in the same two or three coverages over, over and over again. He's too smart. And yeah. that's where I give, you know, Lou Anarumo a lot of credit. He, he changed it up on Mahomes and Andy Reid all the time. Their drop back pass game was really not a big factor in the game. It was right. run game, screens, all that type of stuff. But yeah, sorry to go so long here. I'm just getting excited, and Burrow just amazing is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. That's why I love talking to Chris Sims. You have so much uh, knowledge. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. Plus, you know, again, like the eye in the sky don't lie. I mean, you study the tape, and and the and you you, you draw your conclusions uh, uh, from that for sure. How about the throw he made third and eleven? They decide, all right, Ooh. we don't want to get the ball back to Mahomes because he may go down and score a touchdown and beat us if we settle for a field goal here. So, okay, I'm I, I'm going to put it in my quarterback's hands. That third and 11 throw on that slant to T. Higgins, and he held onto it for I'll let the slant go a little bit longer. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'm like, what? And then he puts it over the linebacker in front of the – I'm like, what? That throw, like you talk about the precision, unbelievable. He put it in the thumb. Unbelievable unbelievable the guts to throw it in this oh. situation I and that too you know again he's got a tactical you know he's got a calculated risk reward factor in his brain where he's very good at calculating it right there on the fly and hey you know i love the play call in that moment i do i mean you said it right you know i, I don't care we've seen enough where you can play the perfect game against patrick mahomes and he still goes down and scores the game-winning drive, and you lose. And you go, damn, we right. kind of did everything right. You know, ask the Tennessee Titans about that experience of playing Mahomes earlier this year. I mean, he didn't yeah. have a guy open all night, and there he was, end of the game, just making it happen. So, hey, the best way to not let that happen is don't let that sucker get the ball. And the best <laughs> guy on your team is number nine. And you put the ball in his hand and make that play. But, Dave, you're saying it, right? That was like I wrote down in my notes, like, that slant route – was like a third window slant route. You know, right. when I saw it on TV, I thought, wait, did he run an in cut or whatever? I thought it was right. something more downfield. To watch it back on film and go, wait, he should get the ball, set hut, one, two, three, and throw it. Instead, he got the ball. He didn't like it right away. He let it clear the flat route defender, right. waited on it a little bit more, looked at the guy over the middle to make sure he couldn't make a pick on the ball. And then just quickly got it out of his hand with somebody kind of in his face. And just, I mean, the coverage was phenomenal. You it was, you know, put it on a real coverage. It just doesn't matter when you walk the ball into the guy's pocket like that. Um, so I can't say enough of the way the guy has played this year. He needs to be in the MVP conversation. And, you know, his play 
allowed the Bengals to weather the storm of the horrible offensive line play early in the year. It's yeah. like he took it upon himself to go, I'm not going to get sacked. I'm not going to get strip sack fumble. I'm going to get the ball out real quick. And I'm going to tell everybody after the game that the pass protection was great. And the O-line's awesome. And I'd never have, I've never been behind anything better. And they just kept getting better and better and better. And now here we are, week 14, and I'm starting to go, crap. I was going to swear. I was going to go, crap. The Bengals' <laughs> O-line's starting to look like kind of a force of nature here. Yeah, and it's yeah. starting to come together to where the Bengals are no doubt one of the most complete teams in football. They got a tough schedule ahead, but damn, they look good. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100,000%. I think the offensive line is playing, you know, kind of like top five offensive line play. And Alex Kappa, that's my Woo! that's my guy. I, that guy's playing at a Pro Bowl level. That big old horse at right guard is getting it done in the running game in it and in pass protection. You, you, to speak to that, that route that Higgins ran, I called it a crant. It was like a between a crosser and a slant. It was a crazy. Right. What right. is that route? You know, it's like, <laughs> I, it, it, I know the same, same thing. I'm TV. Oh I can figure it out. You know, you don't always get replays and get to see it right. all. And I'm you're watching other games and I'm working at an NBC. <laughs> and I just, I was, I was very intrigued to turn on the film and go, wait, what play did they run to win the game like that? And yeah. yes, you don't see many slants, you know. Uh, ten, 12 yards over the middle of the field when he ran the slant from the outside there. And, Dave, I want to piggyback off of what you said. I mean, one of the stars of the game to me is, is of course, the O-line and how they protected Joe Burrow. But right. Kappa is, like, one of the few guys in football that, like, legitimately could take on Chris Jones one-on-one. -on -one. That's one of the things yep. I wrote in my notes. There ain't many people that you can go, hey – we're okay with him one-on-one -on -one here on this third down situation. But Cabo, between his size and athleticism there, he kind of matches up well with a guy that I would say is arguably the best defensive tackle in football. It was really a no factor in the football game. It's the least I noticed Chris Jones in a football game all year. And that yep. speaks to the Bengals, you know, Frank Pollock, the, the line coach, and Kappa and, and all those guys. Way to go. Yeah. It, I, how about this play, uh, Chris, with Burrow, the 16-yard run? It was an RPO. It was a and, handoff, and, right? Or it was well, an RPO? Well, yeah. Well, so so uh, um, uh, Asias, uh, I should say, Asiasi, the tight end, he's like, right. he only heard the run part of it. He didn't the tag on the RPO. So he's blocking. He's supposed to run the route. So Joe, with P. Ryan, he's, you know, he's, he wants to, he's starting to pull it because he's thinking, uh, doesn't look great. Let me look at the pass. He doesn't run the route. He blocks. So, Mr. Poise, Mr. Patience, no panic. He goes, all right, well, I know where the run was designed to go. I'm going to turn Pirine into a lead blocker. He takes that out. He, when he has it out of Pirine's uh, grasp, Pirine turns around looks at him like, what the hell? I know. I saw it. He, he, I he doubles the nose guard. Pirine does. Right. Kappa kills the linebacker. Burrow, 16 yards, the spin move at the end, crazy legs, bro. I'm like, this guy. He just made something out of nothing. You know, it's, it could have been a tragedy. And he says, I'll just keep it and let me. Okay, you're my lead blocker, Piran. Here we go. Not phased. And he made the decision like that, man. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great natural feel for the game. And you know, I couldn't figure out, you know, it, it, you know, I thought the same thing. I thought maybe Higgins didn't run the route. So I was like, wait, Higgins is – so it looked like – I saw, oh, there's a miscommunication. Joe pulled it, looked like he looked over to the RPL and was like, oh, crap, no one's there. And, yes, the just the, the, the mindfulness to do that. And then the talent to do it. And yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know. I, that's one of those where I sit there and go, they probably need to put that play in the playbook. He's good enough to do that in the playoff game. You know, the Josh Allen, let's just run him, let the back lead up in the hole, and you follow him. But, yeah, it's just <laughs> he's got great natural feel for the game. There's no weakness to his game. And then, you know, the thing that gets underrated, you know, to what you're saying, one is scrambling ability, running ability, yep. and he's got – or sixth sense, unlike any – I think he's the best in football at moving in the pocket and staying in position and just how he slides around and does that. I mean, it's it's Brady in his prime-ish as far as how he works the pocket and knows the sweet spot to stand in to make the throw. So those are little things he does that kind of go unnoticed. But as an ex-quarterback, I notice it and go, damn, it's good. I mean, he a lot of young kids could learn a lot from Joe Burrow. How about the game that Chase had after being out for a month and, and off of his feet? They're like, you know, don't do anything. No, no working out hard. You got to rest the hip and no cardio, no weightlift. And he comes back and plays like, you know, 50, almost 60 snaps and has, you know, seven catches for 97 yards. It's like, this guy is a freak. Right now. I talked to him in the locker room after the game, in the post game show. I'm like, dude, what about your cardio and your, your win, your conditioning? He goes, oh, bro, I was so tired. I'm like, tired. You look like a machine. He's hurdling people. Well, his hip must be pretty good. That guy is a freakazoid, man. Yeah, yeah. He's as freaky as they come. He is. And that's there's no question for my money he's one of the three best receivers in football. I mean, when he's healthy, I've never seen a guy who can run away from people and make it look like he's not even running full speed more than Jamar Chase, let alone his ability to break tackles. He just does everything. And yeah. it is amazing to your point, Dave. I mean, they're just they're rare, rare guys. Him, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill. You know, they're they're you just you can't cover them one on one. You know, you can barely cover them with two guys. And yeah, just to go out there and and be that type of force against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's uh, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, him and T Higgins, that combination right there is it's about as special as it gets. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I just think, man. Him back healthy and the way the rest of the team's playing, it just seems like the Bengals are about to really hit their stride with with everything on both sides of the ball. I heard you bring up Lou Anarumo's name earlier, and and there's a consensus around the league that Lou Anarumo is doing as good a job as a coordinator as any anybody in in professional football right Definitely. now. Definitely, he has such a volume of of uh, things. He's got positionless players. He, he's so uh, diverse in what he's doing. You know, he's got multiple spies. When he drops eight, he's running 55,000 coverages out of those eight players. You know, it's like, give you one look and another look post-snap. It's like, man, is he, to shut out the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter, Bengals win 10-0 in the fourth quarter. That was the difference in the football game. To do that, is he going to be a guy that uh, could be a head coach in this league, you think? Yes, yes, he has to be. I I've been throwing oh, his name out for the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, him, D'Amico, Ryan, as far as defensive names that deserve to be head coach, those are two that are at the top of the list for me. Wink Martindale for the New York Giants. That'd probably be another mm -hmm. guy I'd throw in that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, Lou, Lou is not only is his core system good, but Lou to me is amazing in the fact that, and this is to me what you got to be in the NFL right now. He's game plan specific, so. 
he, hey, cover threes this way one week, but this week they do a little different stuff, so we got to tweak our cover three and play it a little differently. And to me, what you're talking about is really one of the big differences of the game was the variety of defenses. You know, like I was trying to explain a little before was, you know, Spags, I love Spags. You know, they're a young defense, too, over there in Kansas City. They are great at disguising things. But even with all those great disguises, what I was trying to say is it ends up in the same two or three coverages all the time. And a guy like Joe Burrow, after the game gets going a little bit, he starts to go, okay, whoa, this is a tricky disguise, but I know what they're going to end up in, so who gives a damn about this disguise? Uh Where Mahomes was dropping back and going, Wait, it's a three-man rush. Wait, it's a five-man rush. Wait, it's Tampa two. Wait, it's two-man. Wait, it's quarter-quarter half. Wait, it's, you know, one rep. And it's just the coverage is so Andy Reid, enemy, Mahomes, you can never get in a rhythm as far as what to expect in a certain situation. Even blitzed them with the all-out blitz, you know, got burned by it on the post route the one time to Valdez-Scanling, but yeah. also got pressure and knocked the ball down. That would have been a third-down completion on the first drive that made him settle for a field goal. So to me, you know, that's how you have to play the Mahomes and Josh Allen right now and Joe Burrow as the point we're trying to make here. You, you can't just think, you know, we're going to take away the big play and play one or two coverages. You've got to be a little bit, you know, calculated risk, take a chance every now and then, and then change it up. And he just does everything. And not only doesn't, you know, we've seen defenses that do everything, right, Dave? And then they mess up half the stuff they do where you just go, oh, gosh, well, yeah, right. it was creative, but there's guys running free everywhere. That's not right. the case here. You know, it's run game sound, it's pass game sound, and that's where, yeah, Lou is special that way. And, boy, they've they, they've accumulated players that have the intelligence to be able to take on that volume because all it takes is one guy to mess it up. Right. And you have to eliminate that. You know, it's like, I don't trust these. I can't call that. He's, he's going to mess this up. There's no feeling like that. Lou's like, my guys know it. They know it cold. They appreciate it. They understand it. They're looking forward to all these variations. I can I can run anything I want. That's, that's just a great feeling going both ways. And uh, on the big sack uh, that Osai got right before the 50 that right. limited the field goal to a 55 yarder, he's got Hubbard as a, as a linebacker, as a spy. So now the Chiefs have to run slide protection because they figure Hubbard might be coming, you know. So uh, Osai is out there on Orlando Zeus Brown one on one, and he, he uh, gets Brown to overset, spins inside. Yeah. There's no guard on the inside because they slid the right. protection. And now right. it's like he's got all this room to operate. He can beat him both ways and ends up making a good hustle play and gets the sack. That's another thing, you know, isolating a guy and saying, okay, 100. I believe in you, yeah. beat him one-on-one, you know? Yeah, it's it's those little nuances that put you over the top. you know. And, and they want noticed most times on highlight shows and all that. But, yeah, it, it's that type of stuff. I mean, I'll you know – Hey, I'll even go back to last week's Tennessee Titans game. First half, plays bare front, does all that. Second half, probably scared Titans will come out with all these bare runs. He knows Vrabel and them are smart. Never plays bare. Kind of plays a different front. Kind of condenses the front four a little bit. And to where, hey, it's we're still playing a run-stopping defense, but it's nuanced. It's a little different. It's going to change your angles. You can't run some of those plays you drew up at halftime. And that's where you know, he always seems to have a few things he breaks out in the second half of a football game, too, or that he breaks out in the red zone. 
where you go, wait, they haven't run this play all game, and all of a sudden now they're now Kelsey's doubled down the red zone, and they're doing some combination coverage. So, yeah, top notch. And then, you, you know, Dave, you, you said it right, too. There's not a weakness on the, on the team talent-wise on defense. You're damn good at all three levels. And now with right. DJ Reader back, I mean, damned if he's not the best run-stopping defensive tackle in football. You just look at it and go, yeah, you, you, you're going to have to be a special offense and have a special game plan, I think, to move the ball consistently on this Bengals defense. No, we only have a couple of minutes, um, but but I wanted to ask you about the, the Cleveland Browns, and I, I'm, I'm interested in this rematch. The Bengals laid an egg. I mean, they, they've lost four games. Three of their losses are by a total of eight points, two by three, one by two. All of them field goal less, except Cleveland. On the road, they had a stinker. Monday night football, lose by 19. Worst game they played offensively and defensively. So I'm looking at the trenches because you mentioned DJ Reader's back. He didn't play in that game. Josh Tupo's back. He didn't play at that game. Wyatt Teller didn't play in that game. He's back for Cleveland. So it's like, man, who's going to be able to run it? Who's not going to be able to run it? What is – if you had to pick something that is – Chris Sims is most interested in, in this Bengals Browns matchup, what might it be? Well, yeah, you know, the, the, I think the defense will be, you know, first off, I think in the first matchup, you guys are still a little bit in like, you know, rust mode, Super Bowl hangover. Joe wasn't hitting on all cylinders because he didn't get to really work through training camp and all that. So I think it's a different football team. You're going to have Deshaun Watson, who's, you know, rusty. To say the least, I mean, and, you know, it's tough to not play football at 700 days. I think you're going to come out and be good right away. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think the thing that I look at is just that, you know, Cleveland doesn't mix it up a whole lot in the secondary. You kind of know what you're going to get. So if you can block Miles Garrett and company, and they're a small defense, where if you can start to – you, I would think Cincinnati, with the way they're playing right now – that this Bengals offensive line can run the ball a little on them too. So, you know, push the line of scrimmage, you know, control the ball that way. And I think they could get Cleveland into a game where they don't want to play, which is, you know, a little bit like, wait, Burrow's picking us apart, the short passes in the zone, damn, we're losing in the run game, damn. All right, we got to start putting extra guys in the box. Now we got to play man-to-man and do that. And now that's when, to me, Cincinnati becomes dangerous. And, you know, Cincinnati's offense not only has gotten better physically, but I think it's gotten better schematically too. You know, one thing I complained about at times is just lack of movement on the offensive side of the ball, lack of formations early on in the year. And that's slowly but surely grown as the years got along too, to where, you know, I think they do more. There's more to defend with the Bengals' offense right now to make Cincinnati's defense, you know, a lot more uncomfortable than was in that first showing chris can't thank you enough you are the best and uh i wish the sims family nothing but the merriest christmas and the happiest new year ever enjoy the holidays you guys deserve it because man between you and your dad i don't think there's a harder working father-son duo in the country <laughs> you oh, guys thanks man up, i appreciate it I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we're we're passionate. We love it, and we love watching. Yep. And I like knowing, right? You know, I can't stand when I'm like, man, I'm not sure exactly when I went on the game. So, you know, I live for my Tuesday, sit down, watch film all day, and I'm going through it. Uh, you know, as soon as we get off here, 
I'm going to move on to the Dolphins and the 49ers and study that game real closely. But uh, thanks, man. It's always a joy coming in and talking some ball with you. Thank you, Chris. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Opportunity knocking.